0: Good morning, this is the California Report and I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. Are you confused about just how and when to get a COVID booster shot? Well, you aren't alone. Last week, the California Department of Public Health updated its guidance on booster shots, telling providers to let people judge their own needs for a shot and not turn anyone away. But many are finding the online appointment systems aren't making getting a booster vaccination easy. KQED's Carly Severin more.
1: official advice is pretty much everyone should get a booster ahead of the holidays but if you're trying to make an appointment systems including the state's own my Turn website still ask if you qualify under the cdc's original criteria such as age or health and that's making some folks anxious about not being truthful the state says my turn will be updated to reflect the new guidance by Wednesday. In the meantime, their official advice is to speak to your provider or find a walk-in clinic. But whatever you do, you won't be asked for proof of eligibility to get your booster. For the California Report, I'm Carly Severin.
0: Stanislaus County is the latest county to lift its indoor mask mandate for those who are fully vaccinated. County public health officials there had required people to wear masks indoors, regardless of vaccination status, back in September. But they say improving COVID numbers are the reason for lifting the order. Health officials continue to urge the public, though, to get vaccinated. Currently, 61% of residents, 12 and older, have received at least one dose of the vaccine in Stanislaus County. U.S. Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg is scheduled to join Port of Los Angeles officials this morning to discuss the latest on the backups and supply chain delays. This comes a day after the port's executive director, Gene Soroka, announced he's postponing fines for shipping companies. The fines were going to be levied for letting shipping containers stack up at terminals. The so-called container dwell fee was approved last month as a way to help alleviate a backlog of ships that had interrupted the global supply chain. Now they won't be charged until at least November 22nd. For now, port personnel will monitor the docks to see how much improvement they can get without having to levy the fines. Since the fines were announced in late October, the twin ports of Los Angeles and Long Beach have seen a 26% decline in cargo on the docks. With President Biden signing the massive infrastructure bill yesterday, the numbers are in on exactly how much California will receive. The bulk of the money, more than $25 billion over five years, is being allocated to repair roads that are in poor condition. Nearly $8 billion will be used to repair bridges and improve water infrastructure. Another $84 million will help with wildfire protection after California suffered through destructive and deadly wildfires in recent years. And Governor Gavin Newsom says the infrastructure package will not only kickstart work on numerous transportation projects in the state, it'll also create thousands of jobs. After the pandemic hit in 2020, more than two and a half million jobs were lost in California. And the state has a ways to go before that employment comes back. But maybe like me, you've seen a lot of help-wanted signs out there in recent months, especially at restaurants, stores, and in the hospitality industry. And there's a lot of talk about something called the Great Resignation. Basically, workers are feeling confident enough about their job prospects to leave employment they already have to look for something better. Get this, in August alone of this year, more than four hundred thousand Californians quit their jobs. It was a twenty-year high for that number. So, given all that, I wanted to see what hiring looks like now and what workers are thinking as they look for new jobs. So I went to a jobs fair.
2: All right, so good morning and welcome to the Legends Job Fair. After you go through your security screening, you'll come and check in at the check-in table. You'll scan the QR code for the specific job application that you would like to apply for today. And once again, good morning and welcome. Come on in.
0: I've come to SoFi Stadium. It's the brand new NFL arena in Inglewood that's home to the Los Angeles Rams and Chargers. But this morning, jobs, not sports, are front and center. The stadium is looking for about 2,000 workers for both full and part-time positions, from cooks and bartenders to security guards and guest attendants. 24-year-old Palestina Washington has come here with high hopes. She's currently a home health care worker, but is tired of the low pay and is ready for a change. What are you looking for job-wise right now?
1: Uh, just a, the next adventure. You know, each job is supposed to be something new, something uncharted. And I've never worked for a stadium. I would like to see what that life is like. And this is a great opportunity too because it's fresh. And it's screaming for help.
0: Screaming for help. They're looking for a lot of people, to hire a lot of people here. So if
1: you say you can't get a job, you're not looking hard enough.
0: In this economy right now?
1: Right now,
0: as of right now, yes. So I may ask, what is the bare minimum for you uh, when you're looking for a new job now? Whether it's pay or uh, time off. What's an absolute must-have for you right now?
1: Benefits. Health you know, And dental, vision, you know, the basics.
0: And pay, if I can ask, could I assume something that's north of twenty dollars an hour would be? Yeah,
1: something something that's livable. Yeah.
0: Something where you could put food on the table, mm-hmm. keep the roof over your head, I
1: still
0: have a little bit of change for gas. A little bit of change for gas. It is LA after all. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> For a wider view about the California labor market right now, I talked to Jaime Sedano. He helps run a union-backed training academy for workers in the hospitality field and co-organized this hiring fair. Sedano says the situation for workers has changed enormously in recent months, mostly for the good, as businesses recovering from the pandemic roll out the welcome mat for new
2: hires. The fact that so many places shut down and so many businesses actually had a you know, close their doors. Uh, this shows that you know we're, we're opening back up. We're getting ready to bring the community back to work. Do
0: you think that folks here standing in line for a job are in a stronger position to get what they want from employers than they would have been before the pandemic, just the way the job market is right now?
2: Absolutely. The reason why the market is so strong is because there is a lot of people that still can't or won't go back to work. Uh, and these folks have the ability to almost, you know, get what they want because there's so many more jobs than people right now they got leverage right now correct
0: and people who actually get a gig here who walk out of here or will hear about a job that they can get here will be paid from what to what generally speaking
2: 16 dollars and above 16 up to 22 dollars it really depends on the position uh some so position. above
0: california minimum oh,
2: absolutely above california minimum and but, that's kind of the norm now and that is the norm and especially working in a union environment with certain contracts once you work enough hours you do qualify for benefits also
0: but Sedano acknowledges that even with higher pay and more benefits, many Californians with new jobs will still struggle to get by because of the high cost of living in the state and growing inflation that's taking a bigger bite out of paychecks. And we will note that California still has a fairly high official unemployment rate at seven and a half percent, and some studies indicate it's higher. But the people at this stadium jobs fair are hopeful that a new job here or someplace else will provide them with fresh starts. As she. Comes comes out of her employment interview, I run into Palestina, Washington again, and ask how it went.
1: I think it went really good. I like what I was hearing. The people seem friendly. They seem like they they want to teach you something more than what you know, so. And when
0: do you think you're gonna hear something back from them?
1: Uh, They said within two weeks, and that will be my congratulations. Thank you for joining the team.
0: Oh, so you could literally have a a gig here within two weeks.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, good luck
0: to you. I really appreciate it.
1: Thank you. Have a great day. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious...
0: That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. In the 1950s and 60s, the United States created its modern freeway and highway system. It was an engineering marvel, but it also brought pain and injustice, like when poor communities of color literally saw their neighborhoods paved over, forcing residents to move. A new investigation by the Los Angeles Times reports that kind of displacement still happens today when new infrastructure is built. I spoke with Times reporter Liam Dillon, who covers neighborhood change for the Times, about the new findings.
3: So we have national data from the Federal Highway Administration that we analyzed that said uh, more than 200,000 people across the country had been displaced by road projects over the past three decades. And what we found in the projects that we were able to examine, and we looked at uh, 22 of them across, across five states, including California, of course, is that you know nearly two-thirds of these projects had displacements that disproportionately affected Black and now Latino communities. And so these original patterns that we saw in the 50s and 60s in many ways are still being replicated to this day. And and
0: I assume with the passage of this massive new infrastructure legislation that looking ahead, there are concerns that even more of this could happen in the future.
3: Well, that's the thing. You know, U.S. uh, Department of Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg has talked a lot about the racist history of highway construction and that it's incumbent upon the administration to sort of do something about that. And they tout that in the bill, um, you know, a billion dollars that was allocated or that's been allocated to sort of reconnect communities, what they call it, kind of tear down freeways and do things that uh, aim to fix some of the harms that occurred a half century ago. However, here's the sort of the rub with that. There's hundreds of billions of dollars um, in that bill that is, you know, mostly unrestricted that could go to State departments of Transportation, where they could use that to further expand uh, the highway network and continue to displace more people. What about the argument? Hey,
0: you know, it affects Some people negatively, that's terrible. Maybe they can get some sort of market value for their homes if they're living in, in homes or be resettled in new apartments. But what do you say to the people who say that, as terrible as it is, is a reasonable price to pay for expanding our freeways? So it's easier to get from point A to point B to point C. What about that argument?
3: Right and you sort of see this well as you know yeah this is unfortunate but it's sort of the price of progress right like that's the argument that's being made the issue though is that you know there's now a substantial amount of academic research that indicates that new road building and freeway widenings doesn't actually ease the congestion problems that they sort of are are aimed to solve. And I think, you know, obviously California or LA or Southern California listeners specifically would be aware of the interstate 405 widening through Sepulveda Pass, you know, seven years ago, this was the, you know, famed Carmageddon example,
0: right? Where they closed, where they closed entire freeway down for for freeway expansion work. To
3: add a lane. Yeah, right. Exactly. And what we found and I think drivers on the 405 know this very well, you know, we're just within a year of completion, rush hour traffic was just as tied up right on the 405. And what happens is, you know, when you widen freeways, it, in, it can increase traffic because it leads to sort of housing development along the fringes and encourages more vehicle trips. And so, you know, this progress, I suppose, that's being touted in these freeway projects doesn't necessarily come to fruition. And so that's another question about why we're asking families. And again, the families affected the first time and neighborhoods affected the first time to once again, sacrifice for solutions that may not, uh, that may not ultimately solve the problems that everyone says they will.
0: So what you're saying is you both eradicate neighborhoods and communities without necessarily solving the gridlock problem. Exactly. Hmm. Again, that's Los Angeles Times reporter Liam Dillon. After leading the state through two of its worst wildfire seasons on record, Cal Fire Chief Tom Porter has announced he will retire before the end of this year. Cap Radio's Scott Rod reports.
3: In an email to department staff, Porter said he was retiring to focus on family, his aging parents, and himself. Governor Gavin Newsom appointed Porter in January of 2019. His tenure was shorter than previous department leaders, but Porter steered CAL FIRE through record-setting wildfire seasons driven by decades of poor forest management and climate change. He at times struck a somber tone about the state's wildfire crisis. Here he is at a press conference in August
0: every acre in California can and will burn someday. Just make sure that you're ready when it does.
3: As chief, Porter placed a greater emphasis on the need for fire prevention, including forest thinning and prescribed burning. However, the state has made inconsistent progress towards its ambitious goals. For the California Report, I'm Scott Rod in Sacramento.
0: And that is the California Report for Tuesday, November 16th. We are a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm Saul Gonzalez. Thanks so much for
3: listening. Talk to you tomorrow. Support for the California Report comes from Hint. Fruit-infused water in over 25 flavors like watermelon, pineapple, and blackberry. No sweeteners, no calories. In stores or delivered from drinkhint.com. Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy includes Schmidt Futures, focused on finding exceptional people and helping them do more for others together on the web at schmidtfutures.com. And the James Irvine Foundation, committed to a California where all low-income workers have the power to advance economically. Learn more at irvine.org.